Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Today, with a great sense of excitement and expectation, I really believe that today, this will be one of the most encouraging messages that you've ever heard. If you need a miracle... If you're in need of a breakthrough, if you're in a need, if you're in need from a touch from God, if you're in need of something that no man can provide, that only God can provide it, then this message is going to encourage you because it'll focus on how to get you from where you are to where God is. And I want you to know that where God is, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. All things are possible through Him. And, and uh, today, this is, gonna, this is gonna be exciting. Now, there'll be parts of my message that may not seem so exciting. But it will be. It will be. And, and I'll just go ahead and start and get this out of the way. Today, I wanna talk to you about fasting. I can't believe we don't have shouting and clapping. <laughs> you know why? Because we're not all that excited about praying and fasting. But I can tell you that it is part of the pathway to the miraculous touch and the miraculous hand of God. So I want to talk to you about fasting. In fact, I want to encourage you to pray and fast. I want to encourage you to join this church in a day of prayer and fasting that's starting Tuesday. This Tuesday. We'll go ahead and pull that slide up. Fast starting sundown Tuesday, June the 5th, ending after the Wednesday night service, June the 6th. Now, just so that I will know that everybody in the house knows when we're doing this. We're going to read that together, okay? All right. Now, what I have here, I want you to pull up what I've got. That doesn't look like what I've got in my notes. Okay? Uh, Don't pull up what I've got. All right. You changed it? I thought you told me to put the logo up there. No. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read it to you one more time. Starting sundown Tuesday, June the 5th. Ending after the Wednesday night service, June the 6th. That's this coming Tuesday at sundown. And that's ending after the Wednesday night service. You got it? All right. Good. Good. Now, there are all types, all kinds of uh, different types of fasting. And if you want to do your own research and pick the way you want to fast, that's up to you. Here's what I recommend for uh, uh, one day of prayer and fasting. This is, this is what I recommend. No food. Okay? No food. 
plenty of water. If you're struggling, just a little bit of fruit juice, unsweetened, 100% pure fruit juice without any sweeteners added. If you are addicted to coffee, confess your sins right now if you're addicted to coffee. Okay, if you're addicted to coffee, black coffee, no creamer. No sugar. No honey. Just black coffee. Because you see, if you... (laughs) All right. So, this is going to be exciting. (laughs) That's like the doctor telling you, you're going to enjoy this shot. (laughs) So, I want to read to you, first of all, from Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. This is what it says. It says, Now therefore says the Lord, Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, so rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and He relents from doing harm. Now, I love the way the Message Bible ends this passage of Scripture. It says, This most patient God, extravagant in love, Always ready to cancel catastrophe. Wow. Well, that's amazing. You see, friends, when something is wrong, when things are wrong in the nation, when things are wrong with your business or on the job, when things are wrong at school, not in order, when things are not right in your family or with your children, or with your parents, or with your relatives, when things are not right at your church, when you know that something is not right, when you know you need help from heaven above, fasting is the fastest way to get in touch with God. Now, you can go see a dozen counselors, you can read books galore, you can listen to tapes, and you can pour your heart out to anybody and everybody. And I'm not against counseling. I think it's wonderful. The Bible teaches us that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. But friends, the fastest way to get to God is by fasting. And we need to fast. Fast moves us to a place where we can receive the mercy of God where we can receive the great kindness of God, where we can receive the extravagant love of God, fasting has the power to cancel catastrophe. That's what the Scripture teaches us. And and so we need to fast. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus makes three statements. You can look this up and read them for yourself later. Three major statements he makes in Matthew chapter 6. First he says, when you give. And then he says, when you pray. And then he says, when you fast. Now, 
What Jesus does is He says, when you give, and then He does a teaching on giving. And then He says, when you pray, and then He does a teaching on prayer. And then He says, when you fast, uh, then He, he does a, a teaching on fasting. Now, listen, for us as Christians, Jesus didn't say, if you fast. He didn't say, if you give. He didn't say, if you pray. He said, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. It is to be a part of our lives as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are to be times when we set aside our necessary food and we dedicate ourselves to prayer and fasting so that we can give everything that we are to Him so that we can receive everything He has for us. Times of prayer and fasting. Now, I want to give you one more scripture before we jump into the message. James 4, 6. It says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, for years, when I read this verse, it really catches my attention. It says, but he gives, say it, more grace. You see, every person in this house has received grace. It is by the grace of God that we live and breathe. Amen? Every good thing we have is from heaven above. That's the grace of God. I've received the grace of God. I am very interested in more grace. And here's how you get to more grace. But He gives more grace. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You see, friends, the fastest way to humble yourself is through prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting will put you on the fast track to more grace. Do you need more grace? Yeah. You need more grace in your family? You need more grace? Fasting and prayer get you to more grace because we humble ourselves that way. God is gracious and He gives us grace, but He gives us more grace when we really humble our Selves. Now, I as a pastor and the staff, we prayed about this, we sought the Lord about this, we're calling the church into a day of prayer and fasting. And I want you to know that this is completely biblical. Now, Jesus does tell us that when you fast, don't let others know you're fasting, right? You're familiar with that? But that's not talking about the assembly. See, when we fast, we're not to let the world know we're fasting. But all through the Scriptures... People were called into a corporate fast of those who believe in Jesus. They were called to fast together, to pray together, and to do this thing together. It's not, it's alright to let a brother or sister know that you're fasting. It's alright to let the church know. You just don't go out in the world and advertise it to try to look good before the world. Now, so here's what we have. Uh, we'll begin with Joel. I just read the text a while ago. The prophet Joel called the nation into a time of prayer and fasting. He said, catastrophe is on the way. <clears throat> and if we don't pray and fast, we're in trouble. And the whole nation of Israel went into a time of prayer and fasting. Now, I, I, I just picked some of these. In, uh, in the book of Esther, the Persian emperor sent out a decree to destroy and kill all the Jews. If you've never read the book of Esther, you need to read this. This is one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible. The king sent out a decree to kill all the Jews. And Esther, 
the queen, a Jewish queen, sent out a decree to all the believers together, corporately, collectively, that they would pray and fast for three days. They prayed and fasted. And you'll have to read the story for yourself, but God completely turned that thing around. And the Persian king changed his mind completely. And not only did he protect and deliver the Jews, he killed the people who wanted to destroy them. He turned the tables. I want you to know, friends, that sometimes we need to quit fighting on our own and we need to just pray and fast. Nineveh. You remember the story of Nineveh? In the book of Jonah, we learned that God sent a message to the city of Nineveh, the wicked, perverted city of Nineveh. And the word was, in 40 days, this city will be destroyed. You know what the king of Nineveh did? A wicked king? He sent out a decree throughout the city that there was to be a total fast. And every man, woman, boy and girl was to fast. And and beyond that, he said, during this fast, you can't even feed your animals. You can't feed your pets. And they did a total fast. And God looked at Nineveh, had mercy on them, and delivered the city of Nineveh. One of my favorite ones in Scripture is Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. Word came to Jehoshaphat that... uh, an invading army was coming in from the east, a a confederate army. You remember Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir? They were coming in to destroy Israel. Three nations got together and they said, we're going to destroy Israel. I don't know what it is, friends, but the devil has always wanted to destroy Israel. And they were coming in and Jehoshaphat knew that he was no match for them. And he called a fast in the city of Jerusalem and the nation, and they started fasting. And while they were fasting, God touched the heart of a prophet, gave him a word. That prophet stood up and said to the king and said to the assembly and all those who were fasting, God has heard our prayers because we've humbled ourselves before a mighty God. And God says to you, King Jehoshaphat, you will not have to fight this battle. God will fight it for you. You'll just see what I'm going to do. And the next day, they put... Uh, it, was a, it was kind of weird. Nobody had ever done battle this way. The next day, they put the choir out in front of the soldiers. They, they put the praise and worshipers. Because God had said, you're not going to have to fight. And so they marched toward this confederate army. And when they got there... The Bible tells us that they were all dead. The armies of Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir were dead. God had confused them and they started killing one another. And and all that Israel did when they went out singing praise and worshiping the beauty of holiness is they went out and for three days they just collected the spoils. I, I really want to ask you a question. Aren't you tired of fighting on your own? Aren't you, aren't you tired and weary of trying to figure out what to do? 
Be smart enough. Be wise enough. See what happened in Scripture. Look at the great men and women of old. When you know it's over your head, when you know you can't handle it, you call a fast. It may be a personal fast. It may be a family fast. It may be a church fast. And you fast until God steps in and takes over. You fast until your enemies no longer deal with you. They deal with your God. That's when... That's how long you fast. Well, <clears throat> it, that's, those are Old Testament. I, I need to give you at least one from the New Testament. Acts 13.2 says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Stop. Right there. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. One of the things we'll do here Wednesday night, and by the way, I realize that many of you don't come back on Wednesday night. And I've never fussed at you about that, have I? I've never tried to make you feel bad about that, have I? And I'm not going to try to make you feel bad about it now. But I'm saying, if you can rearrange your schedule, if you can do whatever you have to do, to join us in that 24-hour fast and be back here on Wednesday nights, one of the big things that we will do Wednesday night is we will worship. And if you've never worshipped the Lord at the end of a 24-hour fast, you are in for a treat. I mean, it goes to a new level. It gets exciting. The, the flesh loses control. And the Spirit guides and, and, and it is exciting. One of the big things we'll do Wednesday night is there will be high praise and worship in this place. We will be doing exactly what the church of Antioch did. We will be worshiping and fasting. But don't just stop there now. Here's what it says. It's while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. How long has it been since you heard from the Holy Spirit? See, one of the reasons you fast and pray is when you haven't heard from the Lord in a long time. Because I can tell you, when you fast and pray and worship, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak. And of course, in this situation, he said, separate Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them to. You see, friends, God's people are to fast... And when they fast, there's a release of the power and the presence of God, and God begins to do something powerful. Now, something happened this past week that was kind of funny and powerful. And this will explain why I went over the date and times of our fast. But this last Wednesday night, we had two men that I know of, maybe more in this church, who didn't listen to the announcements. And they thought the day of prayer and fasting was last week. And they fasted from Tuesday evening to Wednesday night, came in thinking it was the fast. Wives, how many of you know that sometimes men just don't listen? Yes? 
They didn't listen. In fact, one of them walked up to me and said, Do you fast? I said, No. So help me, this is the word I heard. I didn't think you would. I'm confused. I'm confused. I call the fast. You think I'd call the fast and not fast? They thought it was that day. I know it's June, what? 5th and 6th. That's when the fast is. So anyway, uh, two men. And uh, I'll, be, I'll gladly give you their names after the service if you'll... But here's what happened. The Wednesday night service came and we started and we did something that we've never done before. I did an interview over the phone with a pastor, uh, Pastor Akram from Pakistan. And those of you who are here, whoo, mercy, mercy. And I interviewed him and I asked him questions and I said, would you speak a word of encouragement to the church? And he started speaking and the Spirit of the Lord just filled this worship center. And then I said, will you pray for us? I am not exaggerating. He prayed for 15 or 20 minutes. He pr- I held the phone up, held the microphone to the phone and I, I, ha- I needed somebody. You know, what was it? Moses and Aaron had, had their arms. My arms, he prayed so long, my arms got weak. Chuck brought me the podium so I could do it like that and lay it down. And while he was praying, the Spirit of the Lord moved over this house. And by the time he was finished, people were standing up and praising God. Hands were in the air. This place was pregnant with the presence and the power of God. And I want to tell you, I walked out of this place so excited, so thrilled, so pumped up. So empowered by God. And I was, I was driving home and I said, Lord, what was that all about? Where did that come from? And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, two men prayed and fasted. Two men prayed and fasted. Two people got it wrong. Or did they get it right? Was it God that moved them there? Two men prayed. And I'm telling you, this place filled up with the presence of God. This coming Wednesday night. This coming Wednesday night. Won't be two men. This church will fill up with people who are praying and fasting. And friends, I fully believe with all my heart that the glorious power of Almighty God will rest upon this house on Wednesday night. I believe there will be people who will get delivered. I believe there will be people who will get set free. I believe miracles will take place. I believe hearts will be encouraged. I believe backsliders will be renewed. I, I, I believe that we will come into this house and if I've got this thing right... I believe we'll come into this house, one and all, and not one of us will leave the same way we came in. Because when you're in the presence of God, it changes you. And we're fasting and praying. All right. I hope I didn't beat up on those two guys too much. When people fast, God shows up. When people fast, God talks to them. Hey, I I did some, some research about prayer and fasting, 
I've just got to share some of these with you. In 1685, King Charles threatened to take away the Massachusetts Charter if the colony refused to regulate or replace their ministers with Episcopal clergy. This was not a new tactic. Government trying to control the populace by uh, controlling the clergy. When the colony voted unanimously not to comply, the king flew into a rage and vowed to send Colonel Bloody Kirk. How would you like to have that name? Colonel Bloody Kirk. And 5,000 troops to crush the opposition. A leading minister by the name of Mather heard the news, so he thrust himself up in his study and spent the day on his knees fasting and praying. One man now. Fasting and praying about the colony's plight. Now listen to this. God heard his prayer. King Charles died of apoplexy. His brother became king and the bloody colonel would not be coming. King Charles' death was traced back to the day Mather spent in fasting and prayer. Friends, I want you to know fasting and prayer touches heaven. And when fasting and prayer touches heaven, heaven touches earth. And it's not always pretty, but I want you to know it's always redemptive. God is blessing His people. And so, I, I, was, I was amazed. There's power in prayer and fasting. When I read that story, you see, enemies are driven back. Catastrophes are avoided. Nations are saved. The glory of God is revealed. The presence of God is ushered in. I hope you'll listen to me very carefully over these next few moments. And I especially hope our young people will because I know many of them are in the public school system. But this very nation was built on the foundation of prayer and fasting. I, I, please, I challenge you to do this. I spent so much time and got so overwhelmed by what I read, I could hardly believe it. But I found decree after decree after decree by the Congress of the United States of America. Not just calling this nation to prayer, but calling this nation to prayer and fasting and humiliation before a holy God that blesses those who humble themselves before Him. You can find Him... You can find them. All you got to do is just go online and do your own research. Congress. Congress. Calling for a day of prayer and fasting. And by the way, almost all of our early presidents didn't just call for a day of prayer. They called for days of prayer and fasting. I love this. George Washington wrote in his diary... June 1st, 1774, went to church, fasted all day. I'll tell you. You see, there are those, there, there are those liberal, historical, revisionist, who have tried to rewrite history and take everything out of our history books that has to do with God. And friends, they can try all they want. But when you rewrite history, it's a lie. It's a lie. 
But the fact is, this nation was built by men and women who believed in God and believed in the power of prayer and fasting. Back to George Washington. You're going to love this. On May 15th, 1776, General, he's in charge of the army, General George Washington ordered the Continental Congress having ordered Friday the 17th instant to be observed as a day of fasting, humiliation, and prayer, humbly to supplicate the mercy of Almighty God that it would please Him to pardon all our manifold sins and transgressions and to prosper the arms of the United Colonies and finally establish the peace and freedom of America upon a solid and lasting foundation. The General commands all officers and soldiers to pay strict obedience to the orders of the Continental Congress that by their unfeigned and pious observance of their religious duties they may incline the Lord and giver of victory to prosper our arms. Wow. The general of the army commanded. How many of you know when the general commands? You do what he says do. They fasted and they prayed. Now, friends, I, 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 I have this. Every time I talk about this, somebody comes up and says, they were not perfect and they did this and they did that. You're right. Our founding fathers were not perfect. They made mistakes. They had a problem with sin just like we have a problem with sin. But I want to tell you something, friends. If you got a problem with sin, better to have it with an attitude that prayer and fasting will do something about it than to have a problem with sin and ignore the teachings of God's Word. They did wrong. They made mistakes. But these founding fathers believed in prayer and fasting. All right, this is like, I, I just cull through a lot of stuff. Uh, he, here's an amazing personal testimony. And I apologize for reading, but I don't want to mess this up. On the fifth day of the fast, a man is giving his testimony. I read this. On the fifth day of the fast, he had been fasting. On the fifth day of the fast, during my morning prayer, I felt the presence of God. Now, we're just doing a one-day fast, but I hope at least it whets your appetite to go beyond that in the days to come and to do a three-day fast, a five-day fast. He said, several of my past sins were brought to my mind as I repented and asked for forgiveness. Interestingly, some of these I'd never considered as sins, and they were part of my lifestyle for 20 years. I've been capable of closely following and loving God and His Word, but also capable of considering base sins at other times. Do you hear what he's saying? Sometimes I come to church and I worship God. And then sometimes these things show up that are base and sinful and shouldn't be a part of my life. One more time, I've been capable of closely following and loving God and His Word, but also capable of considering base sins at other times. I simply believed that this was just the way that I was and did not try to address it. During this fast, fasting experience, I was made aware that I was believing a lie and could be set free from a reprobate mind. After a period of time in which I confessed my sins and asked for forgiveness, my mind was filled with the attributes of Jesus and His names. I knew at that point that I was fully set free. 
in the days that followed, I felt very clear and clean in my head, completely set free of sinful habits that have held me for 20 years. Wow! There is a heightened sense of awareness of what constitutes sin, something I almost never had before. On Christmas Day, I literally felt like a madman who had been delivered of his madness. Such deep peace and joy. I realized that for the first time in my life, I had crowned him Lord of all. Isn't that a great testimony? To crown him Lord of all. Friends, fasting, fasting, praying and fasting can root out things that should not be in our lives. I'm talking to Christians right now. I'm talking to Christians. Prayer and fasting can root out things that should not be in your head, in your heart, in your life. Praying and fasting can drive those things from you. Praying and fasting can get rid of those things that war against your soul and keep you from growing and maturing in the faith. Prayer and fasting can bring you finally to that point where you can testify, He's not just Lord of some of my life, He's Lord of all. He's Lord of everything. And I want you to know the devil will not give up the place he has in your heart without a battle. And prayer and fasting is the battle you use to get that done. All right. In 1945. Now, this is a a testimony of prayer and fasting that comes out of the Catholic Church that took place on August the 6th, 1945. August the 6th, 1945. Does that ring a bell with anybody? August the 6th, 1945, that's the day the atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. And by the way, it was announced in advance. There was ample warning given. There was a warning that disaster was coming. Leaflets warned, and I quote, prompt and utter destruction is coming to Japan unless there is a surrender. In a radio address, President Truman also told of a coming, and I quote, rain of ruin from the air, the like of which has never been seen on this earth. President Truman said, you either surrender or ruin is coming. It was known, now they didn't know exactly what, but it was known that something horrible and horrific was about to happen. Here's where the testimony comes in. Eight Jesuit priests who were living in Hiroshima fasted and prayed daily before the atomic bomb hit. Here it is. You can read it along with me. Their parish house was only eight houses away from the center of an atomic bomb blast. Although everyone within one mile radius of the blast was either killed instantly or died soon after from radiation poisoning. Not one of the priests suffered more than a scratch, and none of them experienced any after-effects of radiation. Their house was the only building left standing. Doctors kept track of them for years, and none of the priests ever suffered any ill effects. (laughs) 
You say, well, pastor, I'm not sure I believe that. Well, it was an atomic bomb. Well, you listen to me, friends. That's one of the problems with the church. We don't believe God's as strong and as powerful as an atomic bomb. And praying and fasting will help revive your belief. It'll bring you to the point where you start believing again. I got news for you. Let me just go ahead and make the declaration. Prayer and fasting is more powerful than an atomic bomb. And, and, and I, I can tell you that there is nothing on planet earth, there will never be anything on planet earth that can compare to the power of prayer and fasting. Do you know why? Because prayer and fasting brings God into the picture. And when God's in the picture, all things are possible. When God's in the picture... Anything can happen. And God will raise up testimonies. I I just want to throw this in as I close here, friends. And that is catastrophe is in store for America if we don't pray and fast. If there's ever been a day when we need to call a solemn assembly, a day of prayer and fasting, it's now. We, We need to pray and fast. Now, I hope you have already purposed in your heart that Tuesday evening, when the sun goes down, you will not eat. And that you'll go into a fast. And you will fast until after the service on Wednesday night. And if at all possible, that you will be here and that we will humble ourselves before our mighty God. Now, I really felt led of the Lord to do what I'm about to do right now, so I'm just going to change gears and talk about something else. Do you know, do you know that you know that you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Do you know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? I'm asking you. Listen up very carefully. If there's a hint of doubt, I want you to listen very carefully. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. I'm sorry, I know some people start thinking they're better than others. But that's just the enemy deceiving them. We're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you were to walk down this aisle today and say, Pastor, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. All you're going to be doing is admitting the truth that's true of every last one of us. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, this is the good news. The Bible says, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means he died on the cross for you while you were still in your sins. While you were still deceived, he died for you. And then Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Did you know that's what you deserve? That's what I deserve? Every now and then somebody will tell me, I just want what I deserve. I'll say, Lord have mercy. If I got what I deserved, I'd be dead and in hell today. I didn't get what I deserved. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. You can't deserve a gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How do you receive that gift? 
You respond to the soft prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's what you do. Jesus said in John 6, 44, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. You see, Jesus said, If the Father draws you, I'll raise him up at the last day. And every now and then somebody will say to me, Pastor, I appreciate your invitation, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know how far I've drifted. You don't know how ungodly I've been. You don't know the mistakes I've made. No, friends, but I know what the Scripture says. Jesus said, All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me, and the one who comes to me I will in no wise cast out. And everyday English, friends, that just means there is no reason that He will say no to you. If the Holy Spirit is wooing you and drawing you, and you come to Christ, He said, I will not cast you out. By the way, friends, He didn't come for the best of us. He came for the worst of us. That's why He came. So how do you do it? What do you do? Here's what the Bible says. Romans uh, 10, 8 through 13 says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon His name. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you are willing to call on the name of the Lord, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Scripture says you will be saved. One last Scripture. Revelation 3.20 Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, that's that wooing voice of the Lord, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him. And he with me. Jesus said, I'll come right into your heart. You know, I I told you when I stepped up to this pulpit that I was approaching this pulpit with a great deal of excitement and expectation. And one of the things that crossed my mind, what if somebody got saved today, went on a fast Tuesday, came back in here and worshipped the Lord through fasting and prayer, and started their Christian life on that kind of a foundation. And by the way, Chuck, maybe get involved in in discovering membership and discovering maturity. But I mean, you get saved, you fast, you humble yourself before the Lord. I can tell you, friends, if that happens to somebody here today, hold on. (laughs) You've never known joy, peace, victory, like you'll know when you say yes to the Lord. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.